Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. Yeah, what's happening? What's cracking? It's your boy, Dave Neal. That's right. Kicking it live. We are in a heat wave in Los Angeles. This episode is coming out a few days late. And I, sometimes I feel like when I post an episode late, I think of an excuse as to why it's late. Like I'm like I'm actually reporting to somebody, you know, I have no reason. I just didn't feel like I had shit to say earlier this week. Usually I release these Monday or Tuesday. Today's Wednesday, my time. It is July 19th, 2017. Maybe you found this, uh, I don't know, decades from now. Maybe you're a grand grandkid. It's 2090. And you wanted to know a little bit about your grandfather. Well, here I am. I am 32 years old in a monogamous relationship, and I just uh, vaped vitamin B12. (laughs) I did. I bought vitamin vape. This is not a sponsor of the show. I'm looking at it right now. No nicotine, no caffeine, no calories. Vitamin vape. What did I spend on this? Amazon Prime is robbing me. There's something about having anything you want at the click of a button. I bought vitamin vape. What you do is you take five puffs of this vape pen and it's B12 vaporizers combining cutting edge technology with simple and pure ingredients. I don't know if, um, all right. Okay. Here. Okay. I just took the five, the five puffs of this B12 vitamin vape. Apparently when you vape vitamins, which by the way, there's no douchier word than vape. There really isn't. That's it. Vape culture. When you vape a vitamin, what they say is that you're actually like absorbing it way better than a pill. And honestly, I did it like 20 seconds ago. I'm feeling fucking good right now. I don't know if it's the placebo effect that just ripped me off, but apparently you get 84 servings and 84 servings, which means 84 times five, right? So that's what 4,900, whatever the fuck it is. That's a lot of puffs. You get five puffs a day will give you 8,000% of your vitamin B12, which isn't that good for your uh, libido. Isn't vitamin B the thing that makes your dick get harder? I could be wrong. What, 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 what is it? Maybe that's vitamin B6. What's the vitamin that promotes uh, blood flow to your extremities? Either way, if you ever go to one of those... Um, you know, if you ever go to a gas station, guys will know what I'm talking about. I don't know if girls, uh, if this marketing's intended for you, but every gas station you go to right when you're about to check out, there's like those extends pills. It's like, if, if you want to have rocking sex and they just sell you all this herbal life, it's like, you know, horny goat wood, weeds, shit. It's all random stuff. But a lot of what it is, is just vitamins, which goes to show if you want to um, improve your sex life, the first thing I would recommend is trying to get healthier. Because when it comes down to it, like Viagra, all that is, and by the way, I'm not a doctor, so don't sue me, (laughs) but Viagra, all that is, that was um, invented uh, for, it wasn't for like uh, blood pressure. Wasn't it so that, you know, if you had high blood pressure, you take the, because basically what's that, what that's doing is it's like sort of thinning your blood and getting, um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's getting more blood flow to where it needs to go. And if you have uh, erectile dysfunction, Hey, maybe you need some vitamin vape pens. Seriously though, that's not a sponsor. I was just excited that my Amazon prime finally came in. And, uh, the other thing I got a little cocky, we get cocky with, um, shipping, everything's shipped within two days in this world, right? Well, I, bought new running sneakers. I have been doing a ton of running, trying to get back in shape. And there's nothing 
better for my soul and my brain than going on a nice run. There isn't. There's nothing better than that. Um, Everywhere I've lived, when I lived in Boston, I lived on the Charles River. When I lived in New York, I lived on the Hudson River. I've always lived in, when I lived in Rhode Island, I'm living on the Atlantic Ocean, Narragansett Bay. I've always lived near like a body of water to go running on. Now in Los Angeles, I mean, yeah, I'm close to the Pacific, but if you guys know LA, there's plenty of parts of town that is not near the water. But I found, I found that where I live in Silver Lake has some of the best hills in the world. Uh, yeah, it actually has higher graded hills than like San Francisco, like re- so you can go for a great run. What's the point? Of, what am I trying to tell you? Uh, my shoes, my shoes wore down. I ran out of the treading on my shoes and such is life. I ordered a new pair, but what I did, here's the mistake I made. I threw, I was sick and tired of my old Nikes that I just threw them in the trash and my new shoes didn't come in yet. So now I'm forced to wear my extra old shoes while I wait for the new ones to come in. And I've been waiting like six days. They say they're in transit. I don't know. Zappos.com. Get your shit together. Anyway, there's always, it's LA. There's homeless guys everywhere. Homeless men and women everywhere in this town. 50,000. Real bad problem. We've talked about it a ton in the past. And some guy threw my, I was just, I just chucked my sneakers in the alleyway behind my house. And then some, some homeless guys like, Hey, anything wrong with those shoes? And I was like, nah, they're still good, man. Go for them. And so he dumpster dives and grabs the sneakers. So now I got a homeless guy with better sneakers than I do because my new ones didn't come in yet. What was me? is the point of my story. Woe is me. So anyway, this is, uh, this is the sex actually podcast. And, uh, as you know, I've been doing a little bit more of the solo episodes. Um, I'm heading into new England, flying into Boston in two nights, and I'm going to be on the East coast for a week. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be releasing a ton of episodes that are uh, me catching up with old fans on the East coast. You know, not, I, I don't mean fans of the show, but past guests, Katie Holler. Uh, I'd love to have some, like there's Danielle, some, you know, I'd love to have some of these people back on. So I'll be traveling Rhode Island, Boston, and New York city with my handy recorder. And I'll be doing some remote interviews as it were, but today you're stuck with me all by yourself. How great has it been though? Things have been going well. We've been doing a little bit more spiritually. So, so not to scare away new people here, my whole MO, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a dude. We talk about sex, dating relationships, um, super interesting stuff. Uh, try to relate to you guys, try to talk to you. Like we're having a one-on-one conversation by no means. And I need you guys to know this by no means. Have I figured my shit out? It's practice. Every day is a practice. Just like yoga, it's a practice because you're never going to be perfect. Relationships with ourselves. I don't just mean masturbating, (laughs) but that is a relationship with yourself for sure. But relationships with ourselves and with our family, they're never perfect. And we have demons. We have ego. We have things that uh, that we have our dark side. We have jealousy, uh, narcissism, just things that really weigh us down. And um, man, is it tough to really... Uh, consistently live in a world in a world where no ego gets in the way. How's my uh, voiceover voice doing? Is it doing all right? It's hard to live in that world where we are, where we consistently have everything we need and we're because as humans, we're always searching for more. We're always wanting the next best thing. Some of us fill that void with sex. Some of us, you know, I, I find with Tasha, you know, Tasha, sometimes we just argue. You guys know that. I'm like, what are we even arguing about? Are we arguing just for the sake of arguing? Is that what we do? It's like, we don't need that shit. So, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I'm a comedian. 
I get on stage and I try to say controversial shit. I try to pick a fight with some audience members and then we try to get a laugh out of it. I mean, I'm really not that controversial, but I I like a little drama in my life. I saw this really cool quote today. Uh, Be wise enough to walk away from the nonsense around you. Be wise enough to walk away from the nonsense around you. How tough is that when, when, when all we're programmed to do is stare at a car crash, right? How tough is that to walk away from the nonsense that's around us? That nonsense could be part of our family. We all come from families that there's a little bit of nonsense, wouldn't you say? I'm a little worried as I, uh, as I always am when I go home to visit my family. And um, I don't know. I'd love to have my mom on the podcast. I'd love to talk to her. Sometimes I think by having someone on the podcast, we get to have the most real conversation we've ever had. Because I've had some guests on and you just, it's less about ego you can't really have the defensiveness because you'll get called out because it's on the air and it just, you just get this me talking to you trying to understand. And I'd love to understand a lot more about my mom and what you battle with the older you get when I'm learning early thirties, when I'm starting to learn is mortality really breeds, um, you know, the need and the urgency to understand mortality, you know, God forbid, we know we're not living in this physical world forever, but we put off so much. Some of you guys watch the bachelorette. I do a bachelorette recap every week and there's a contestant named Dean. And what's really interesting about this guy, he's 25, 26. And, you know, like you look at someone who's 25, 26 as when I was a kid, I'd be like, Oh, that's an adult. That's a man. And then now, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, no, that's somebody who's just starting to live on their own, to figure their own shit out, and and is no long, is just getting, you know, the leash is just being let go. Well, Dean, his mom passed away when he was 15, and he, his dad, you know, mourned the loss of his mom, but never became what Dean needed, and Dean needed a mom. And the dad, all he knew how to do, like he said, was go out and make money. He didn't know how to be a nurturing mothering figure. And so Dean's holding on to all this resentment. It's been 10 years, but 10 years or a week, what's the difference? What's the difference when you're holding on to pain? It doesn't matter if it's 10 or 20 years. You hold on to the pain as if it was yesterday. And that's the issue that we, a lot of us face with pain in our lives is that we hold on to it. We replay the moment over and over. One of my best friends, Ben, if you ever hear him tell the story about how he got beat up when he was in high school, you hear his voice tremor. He's a 35 year old man. You hear his voice tremor. You feel that pain that he felt like he just got beat up yesterday and vicariously. We all feel that pain. You ever watch a guy get kicked in the nuts? You, you double over in pain. You can, you, you, part of your body feels the other's pain. Yet when it comes to our family, a lot of times for the sake of addressing the issue, we sweep it under the rug. We say, you know what? I'm just not going to pick up the phone and talk to my mom because I just got other shit to worry about. It's just like the same thing. Whenever I want to sit down and get some writing done, what's the first thing I do? I mop the floor. I do some laundry. I find other shit to do because when it comes to certain things like creativity, there's always this high level of procrastinating. Go try to do your taxes on the first take. You'll do anything. You'll be washing the car. You'll be talking to homeless guys with nice sneakers on. You'll be doing whatever the fuck it is, but the actual thing you're supposed to do because why, you know, 
Who's holding us accountable? Who is holding us accountable to make amends with our family? We all have issues. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the people that you even might have a good relationship with your family on paper. And, you know, like say you ran me through a bunch of therapists racked up that bill. They'd probably say, you know what? Dave's actually got a pretty healthy relationship with his uh, with his, with his family, my family, I, you know, it's funny cause my family's texting me right now as I'm uh, on the podcast. But, um, what's interesting is that it's, it's not about having what's good on paper or having a healthy relationship with the family. It's about improving that daily practice to love more, to receive love more and to not hold everyone else accountable for our shit. Cause that's what we do is we hold other people accountable. You know, we're like, well, whatever our issue is, we'll find, you know, so this guy, Dean, all he's been doing is channeling all of his anger and resentment into his father, the only living parent he has. I call my sister. My sister Chase just texted, so she's never been on. Yo, you're on the Sex Actually podcast. Oh, hey, everybody. Yeah, you're talking to 20,000 people right now. What's going on? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, nothing. Just soccer. How's the pregnant mama pregnant with her fourth, possibly son, possibly first daughter? Possibly doing well. Maybe find out Tuesday. Can you tell which one it is? Mm, probably boy, but I have no idea. 50-50. If it's a girl, will it be that much more of a of a stress? Because now you got to get pink and dresses and gender specific things. Yeah. If it's a boy, you just have, you know, what, 500 pounds of clothes ready? About 500. What could, what could, what would you possibly need if you had a boy like that you don't have after having three boys? You've got four boys well, under I the got age. I got rid of some stuff after Benjamin was born, so need to buy a few items. Nice. Anyway, baby gear. new baby gear. All right. Somebody sent Chase some baby gear. Once we find out the gender, we'll 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 uh we'll sit, we'll do one of those things where someone can send you something without stalking and murdering. Um, so you texted me. I'm coming home. I'm flying Sunday night. I shouldn't say or Friday night. I shouldn't say all my details. Um, flying Friday night. I'm getting into Boston at seven, and then I'm going straight to the family reunion. And I was, I was just talking, um, I'm, I'm doing this episode alone. So if you can imagine 4,000 miles from you, you've got, you know, you got your fourth kid on the way and here, here's your baby brother just sitting in a kitchen by himself, record (laughs) talking to himself. Where did I go wrong with my life? So I was thinking about interviewing mom when I come home. Good luck. You think it would go okay or not? <laughs> you don't think? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think maybe a glass of wine and we could have a good chat. Have you been watching? Have you been watching this season of The Bachelorette? I have not watched one episode. What have you been watching? Um, Barney did the science kid. Uh, Super Y. Wow, this you're really selling uh, Parenthood. <laughs> Anyway, I'll call you. I'll uh, I'll call you when I'm free after this. All right. I'll talk to you later. See ya. See you. Bye. Bye. That's Chase. She's 11 months older than me. We are what you call Irish twins. Uh, 11 and a half months apart. My mom had us in her early 20s, and then remarried and had two more boys. And they're children still. 14 and 19. 14 and 20 actually. Fuck. Man, they're getting old. 
you can't avoid that that saying. Oh, how old you know? Once you see your siblings and your nieces and nephews get old, because like you know, we look at our dumb faces every day when you go, oh yeah, another day, whatever. And then you go eight months without seeing someone, and they grow a foot, and you go, oh shit. If you're growing that much, I'm growing in the other direction. I'm getting old. I'm getting irrelevant. How do we hold on to that feeling of relevancy? Anyway, I didn't want to jump too far into this whole like thing about like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, how do you appreciate your family? But, you know, I mean, that's where it starts. That's where it starts is finding a way to not be the victim. If you, if you are the victim and I'm not saying like, look, if fucking Ray Rice punches you in the face, you're the victim. We get it. There, there are victims in this world. You get shot by a cop for, for letting out the, you're a victim. We get it. But what happens a lot in relationships is jockeying to see who can be more offended, who can be more of a victim. And that is where both parties lose. The second Tasha and I are Tasha and I are fighting and it gets into the, no, you pissed me off because you, 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 the second I, the second you raise your finger to point to the other person at how they've done an injustice onto you, you both lose. And it's important to recognize that, recognize that with your family, recognize that with your mom. How do you know? I remember that, you know, it's just, it was so funny growing up. Just like, you just, you know, mom, you just don't understand. Like there's all, you know, like, geez, they're trying their best. You know what I mean? So let's cut each other some slack, try our best. And, um, actually have it. So this is going to be really interesting. We have an email. Let me pull it up here. Guy wrote an email and I'm not, uh, I'm not the best to respond to this. Um, for several reasons, you'll know when I read the email, because look, um, we've all got our struggles in life. Um, they all come in different shapes and sizes. I think everybody, I really mean this. I think everybody has the same amount of strife that they go through. Some people might be born with a crazy disability. Some people might be born wealthy, but don't you think that person born wealthy has their own issues? It's really true. Money doesn't lead to happiness. There's a lot of, uh, you know what I mean? Like I know people that were born with million dollar trust funds and there they sit, you know, trying to fill some void that they're, you know, anyway, the point is, is that we've all got shit that we're working on and it's important not to compare ourselves to others yet in society. That's all we do. I went to Tasha and I, and my buddy Darren and Claire, we went to go see, um, what's the movie valiant. Is that what it's called? I got to look online. We went to go see the premiere of a new science fiction film and boy, was it garbage. It was billed as like the next avatar. And it's like, yeah, but the acting was horrible. I mean, it was really bad. The movie's called Valerian. I could, maybe I was just a little too high or something, but I was like, what the fuck is going on? Visually, it's a mind fuck. It's really stunning. Anyway, we went to this film and, and we go with the red carpet and we immediately, you know, we didn't walk the red carpet. We just got like the little press pass. You can look at my Instagram, D Niels, D N E A L Z and see what I'm talking about. We went um, on the red carpet and uh, you find yourself immediately judging other people. It's very strange how easy that is to do. And so when the spotlights on somebody, you just judge them for everything except for who they are. So this lady walks by. I swear it looked like Donatella Versace. It looked like us, like an 85 year old lady got stuck in a tanning bed for a few years. Like she was like leathery skin with this, um, with this like 
bleach blonde hair with bangs. And um, Clara, the girl we were with, goes, that's Tara Reid. And I go, no fucking way is that Tara Reid. You're an idiot. And I walk closer and I go, oh my gosh, that's Tara Reid. And I'm like, what happened to her? And look, I'm not judging someone who, who aged gracefully. She's had a ton of plastic surgery and fucked her face up. But the point is, is that how quickly do we just become like like better than other, like thinking we're better than other people. It's like, no, she, well, you know, whatever. So, and, and also, and then, but then also what's the Jenner, um, what's the skinnier Jenner of the kids? There's, um, there's, uh, what the fuck? I, uh, the, the two kids anyway, the, the, is it Kendall or Kai? It must be Kendall. So Kendall Jenner walks by and she looks like she just got like all this, all these lip injections done. Like her, like she's smiling, but her face isn't moving. She's got duck face. And I'm just like, why are we fucking with, with our God given beauty? Like what? Like this was a naturally beautiful person. And now she's got like lip injections and she just like, looks like she can't move her face. And then Tara Reed's had all this botched plastic surgery. What's the point of the story? It's, it's just that like, look, we all want to be something else. We all want to fix the, you know, the wrinkle on our forehead or, you know, the fucked up teeth. And I'm guilty. I have, I had Invisalign. I mean, some things you can rationalize like, an, like it's one thing to get braces, but isn't there a line we draw when it's like, we're not happy. So we're getting calf implants. It's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Why are we redoing our lips? Do we really care about that? Do we? So I see all these people and it's, you know, living in Hollywood, we forget, we do forget how crazy it is here because so many weirdos here trying to like every other billboard I see out the window, I'm looking out the window right now. Every other billboard I see is for plastic surgery. It is. And something that the entertainment industry has done is that it's portrayed this idea, like this Western idea. Like if you, like my buddy, Darren, who I went to the premiere with, he's like a, you know, five foot nine, blue eyed, blonde haired guy. He studied in high school in Japan. His family was in the military. He walked on water in Japan. He was like the guy. Everyone thought he was like a young Brad Pitt. He was literally in a Japanese music video because he was like the white guy. And it's like, what's better? You know, Hollywood's done a real fucked up job of making like Indian guys not attractive or Asian girls have to, you know, like it's what the fuck? Like we're all just, everyone's got beauty on the inside. The more you enlarge that attraction that you have that positivity with the world, the more beautiful you become. So when I talk about beauty, I'm not saying like, Oh, you, you were born genetically perfect with, you know, you you know, your symmetry was perfect. So you're a beautiful person. I'm talking about when that girl walks by that you might normally be like, Oh, she's kind of unconventionally attractive. What is that? What is unconventional attraction? I think it's someone who's beautiful on the inside that radiates what that is. There's plenty of hot people who, you know, you, you walk by and you go, oh, that person's got a bitch face. Are they really a bitch or maybe are they just insecure? Or are they stressed out? There's nothing sexy about those negative emotions of feeling insecure or jealous or stressed out they're, that or anxi- anxious. Like there are feelings we all feel, but the important thing is to feel the serenity that we can have in every moment, know that things are going to be okay. And then what happens? We become this radiant personality that people want to be with. The best advice I was ever given in my single days was walk into the bar laughing. Sounds, sounds kind of stupid, right? <laughs> walk into the bar laughing. And you know, what's funny is 
a lot of things they tell comedians when you get on stage. They say, you know what? Say something to the host. You know, you know, like a host. The, the, the he's the comedian who like runs the show. He goes up between comedians. Hey, welcome to the stage. This next comedian, Erica Rose. You're gonna love her. Everybody, give it up for Erica one more time. Then the crowd, uh, you know, they clap, and then Erica walks up on stage, and then she whispers something to me or says something to me off mic, and then we laugh and we just have this moment. What we're doing is we're letting the audience know that a we're having fun, b we know each other. I trust that this next comic you are gonna love this guy comes all the way from south uh give it up for my buddy aiden he's gonna he's on hbo comedy central he's he's comedy central's comedians to watch you're gonna love this guy bring aiden park and then he comes up on stage and then i just do this big buddy moment we have a moment and it's it's laughter and happiness breeds the same thing it's law of attraction folks and when you walk into a bar laughing or having a good time, when you're having that moment with your buddies, when I go back to New York and I go see my buddies, I tell you what, every guy and girl in the bar is going to want to be friends with me and my friends because we're going to be, we're, I can tell you this right now, I have so much love and happiness when I'm around some of my buddies that when I go to see them, we are just going to be flooding with that positive emotion and who wouldn't want to be friends with that? Who didn't want that? Why am I saying all this? You know, I don't write any of this shit down. I just go on a rant here. But let me read this email I got from a guy. And then and then let's spin it all together. And I've been struggling with how to tackle this email. But let's go for it. He wrote um, a comment and well wishes. He also said he didn't want to be read. So I have to kind of make this. I don't want to read the whole email. So if it sounds like I'm being choppy, it's because um, I'm trying to avoid making it too uh, obvious who he is. He goes, hope everything is well. I'm writing to thank the host for the great podcast to give special thanks to you for the solo episodes. A bit about me. I'm an Asian dude in my late 20s. I have not been in a proper romantic relationship or had sex. I'm not entirely straight, but since adolescence, I battled massive envy and jealousy towards other men, those who are stronger, more confident, and white. I am insecure with my sexuality and never quite explored it. This compounded with my social ineptitude... I could never integrate well into the open social world to this day. So I have a lot of frustrated pent up energy. I suppose we all deal with tough, ungeneralizable issues in life. On occasions, you ask if your solo episodes are working. As I stand at a crossroad of career and life choices, I am dying to live out what speaks in my heart, but I live with baggages of limiting beliefs and importantly, without knowing I have them that eradicate all confidence and vitality. You are concerned about your stage in life, your career. Me too. But I thought, you're like, me too. I'm concerned about you, Dave, too. <laughs> no, me too. But I thought about the social part of me that I've really let down. I am taking dramatic measures to let the beast roam wild, unchained from the old rules. I want to read that again. That is so fucking cool. I am taking, I am taking, <laughs> I'm taking dramatic measures to let the beast roam wild, unchained from the old rules, giving less shit about what other people think engaging with people that I have always considered strangers and too different for me to care, expressing my emotions. Also, working out why I feel sexually the way I do and to let myself try. I welcome tips uh, on this department. Your solo episodes were catalysts to my growth, so thank you. I hope you remember that comics are essential in our world. People need to laugh to diffuse the tension that grips them. They need to be understood. Comics can do that. They also create tension necessary to wake people up and break them away from stagnating mentality. I hope in various forms you continue the work. Best wishes. 
Woo! Dude. Very well written. Very well written. Where do we start? Look, uh, I, uh, I have a huge, like, huge disclaimer that I can't answer all of uh, what you're saying in here. Um, but let's try to tackle this. Um, you battle massive envy and jealousy towards other men, those who are stronger, more confident, and white. My uh, best friend in middle uh, elementary school was was in better shape. He was skinny. I was chubby. He was traditionally better looking. Um, all the girls flirted with him. I was so jealous of him. Steven's name. So jealous of him. And he, I mean, everything we did, he won. Uh, he he got the lead in the stupid play. I had to play the fucking, you know, I was in the chorus of the play. He got the lead. He, it was called, uh, they did, um, it was a, a, a Lois and Clark, Lois or Lewis, Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark, Clark and Lu- Lewis and Clark, Clark and Lewis. Anyway, he got like the main character and that, and he got to, you know, with the cute chick. And then I remember in a tennis tournament we played in, there was like 60 people in this tennis tournament in our, in our uh, elementary school. And I made it to the finals and I lost to him. It was like one thing after another. He got a wet dream before me. This is shit that you talk about in fifth grade. This dude beat me to everything. His dad was six foot six. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a fucking dad. I didn't know my dad. I hadn't met my dad for 10 years after this point. I didn't meet my dad till I was in college. This guy had everything I wanted. Grandparents. I didn't have grandparents. Fucking Steven, his, his grandmother was retired. She was a sweet lady. And she would always enter into these lotteries, like to win different things, like radio contests and things like that. She had all this free time in the world. So they won everything. They spoiled the shit out of him. Happy family at the time. All these things that I wanted, he had. I had so much jealousy towards my best friend. That even when I was staying over there and hanging with them, he had the cool basketball hoop that you could dunk and he had all the things I wanted. And I was way too focused on him to not fix what was wrong with me. I was a likable guy, you know, but none of all of his successes could have helped me. I needed to stay in my own lane. And what it took was actually me moving to the next town over to get away from him. Um, and I'm probably, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have like learned this on my own anyway, but I had to kind of separate myself and realize you're not going to be Steven. You're Dave. I'm Dave. I'm not Steven. I couldn't do what he did. And you know what? He faced a lot of pressures and had a lot of shit and his family got divorced and he moved away from his family. Like he had his own issues too, but I was only looking at the positives. I was only looking at the good things he had. So when you talk about, jealousy and envy. Just know that shit ain't always greener on the other side. People have issues. You know, the whole white thing, like, look, you got to just know that there's this Hollywood, like Western culture where they, a lot of Asian cultures have this thing where like, oh, it must be great being white. And look, I'm not saying it's not. I have no other sample to pull from other than my white existence. But like, you can't just generalize everyone to being the same. You might think you want the white guy from the OC who grew up living in this Laguna beach lifestyle and fucking hot chicks. Like, I don't know what you're thinking of when you say you're jealous of the white guy, but just know that there's a lot of hurt out there and everyone's struggling 
to just figure out their own identity. There isn't enough time to compare yourself to others, especially like you look at like, I, I have a buddy who, who was like, he's, he's Spanish, but he's really dark. And he's like, dude, he's like, I'm thinking about any, he, and he's like, I'm thinking about bleaching my skin. So I can be whiter. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like we, we, it's, you gotta be your Danny DeVito, right? So Danny DeVito you know, people told him, you'll never work in this industry. You're four foot 11 and fat and bald. And you know what he did? You think he tried to, you know, grow, grow taller or, or, or put a wig on? He fucking Danny DeVitoed the shit out of himself. He played up his best stereotypes the best he could, and he became the only person in the world who is Danny DeVito. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's Danny DeVito. And dude, the guy who wrote in here, you're you, man. You got to find out what that is. So the, the way to find out what makes you the best version of you, it doesn't mean work harder. It means work smarter. All the things that come easy to you, if you're a poet, if you're a writer, if you're an architect, whatever it is that comes easy to you, put all of your energy into that. Create in the way that you're supposed to and let all the, the parts of the world transpire around you. We've been talking about leaping the net will appear, right? That's what we've been talking about. And that doesn't mean that jump out the window, close your eyes and hope that you, that means choose a direction, run full speed. Like a guy with his head on water is running towards a pool of water. Get as smart as you can know everything about what it is that you want to do and then be an expert. You know, they talk about the 10,000 hours to be an expert. There's that you don't need to be an expert today, but dude, if you want to know, if you want to be better at being social, honestly, you know, like there's a million things you could do. I don't know where you are in life. Be a bar back. Learn how to bartend. Bartenders are the best at being social. You mentioned comics and how, you know, how like, yeah, they're good. You know, com- you know, society needs comics because we call shit out and everything. Well, comics are also humans. And like where I was before I did stand up comedy was the need to be loved by others, you know, I've always wanted to be loved by others. Some people do stand up for different reasons. Mine was to make people laugh, to bring people together, to kind of control the energy in the room in a positive way, just like a rock band can or a musician. I can go in that room and leave there on a laugh and afterwards people go, oh, dude, that's hilarious. I can take an unhappy couple in the audience, talk to them. You know, we can commiserate together and we can have fun with that or vice versa. I can take Tasha who's upset about something and we can, you know, we can kind of break it down and say, Oh man, I can't believe we're even arguing about this. Can you believe that? How funny is that that we're arguing right now? You know, she's going to try to teach me how to use this vape pen and I'm going to be like, no, I'm doing it my way. You know, we're going to find some shit to argue about and then we're going to laugh about it and go, really? Come on, we're better than that. So, so it sounds like you, you're really great at expressing, um, your words, uh, in, in, in the written sense, you must do a lot of journal. Honestly, it, it really sounds like you do a lot of journaling or you must, you must speak to people very well, um, pen to paper. And what I, uh, suggest for you to do is try to try to find somebody to talk to about, about these issues. Cause dude, you're not alone. Uh, I, you're talking about, um, battling massive envy and jealousy towards other men, dude, that's the pecking order of life. We're all jealous, man. There's, there isn't a successful comic that I'm not looking at being like, why the fuck did the industry choose him over me? We do that all the time. So if you're jealous about a guy who's stronger and more confident, what does it say about you that you need to work on your confidence and your strength? 
Yeah, that might mean do a couple extra deadlifts or some curls, but it's the strength on the inside to stand strong. It's the strength to just be a tree trunk there, really rooted into the ground. Dude, if you don't already, man, honestly, I suggest some yoga because that, that shit will really, really help ground you and just be just, just love. Give yourself, and, and what's, what's interesting, man, and I appreciate you writing in, is that your questions and the balls that it takes for you to admit all these areas that you want to improve and to admit that you're jealous. Congrats, man. Because there's probably another thousand people listening who have a lot of the same feelings that are going, you know what, man? Fuck. Yeah, dude, I am jealous. And what's and when you're holding on to any sort of jealousy and hey, it happens to me twice a day. I get jealous. I walk, I go on Facebook and I see somebody else and they go, oh, fucking bullshit. But when you, when you get jealous, you got to take a moment and you got to flood yourself with gratitude because you won't find a relationship in this world that's worth having without having a good one with yourself first. You can't find a lady or a man out there for you that is going to love and respect you for who you are until you love and respect yourself. I mean, it sounds so cliche to say, and it's so funny how like, I just, I just love dumb jokes, right? I love staying, you know, I love, I love being goofy and stuff, but boy, do we get deep in this podcast sometimes. And I'm telling you, we're kind of spiraling in a direction here where, you know, we're not getting any younger folks. You know, uh, if you're listening to this, downloading this, you might have a friend, you know, pass it along. I'll make it self-promotion. I don't give a fuck. But we need to really hold accountable that we are not the victims, that we admit that our parents did the best they could, our siblings and everyone else, our teachers, they all did the best that they could with what they had at the time. And now we, we take control. We own up to wherever we feel jealous. Dara, you listening to this in Florida? I love what you're doing. Right? We met what? Isn't it crazy? We met like three years ago at a stand-up show. I see photos of you. You know what? If if I'm a single guy, right, and I find you on Tinder and we kind of swap Instagrams and I ch- take a look at your Instagram, you know what I see? I see you on a paddleboard. I see you with your girlfriends having fun. You don't need a guy, right? You're already doing it. You're already living the good life. What guy wouldn't want to be a part of that? You're not taking lonely selfies by yourself. Like, wish I had a man for me. You're not doing that passive aggressive emo shit. You're living your fucking life. And it's important for all of us to realize that that comes first. I don't care what people say. The world works in mysterious ways, of course. And before you know it, as soon as you've really solved whatever issues you have with yourself, you'll find someone or you won't. And at that point, it won't matter. And that's the crux of it all is it won't matter if you're happy with yourself. But boy, have I met people that are in the wrong headspace and it just ain't going to happen. Why invest time in someone else who needs so much work? Work on yourself. Really good email you sent. So thanks so much for that. If anyone else wants to chime in or respond or even write your own emails of what's what your hangups or your success stories, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. We're getting a ton of fun ones. I don't want to make this go on any longer. I was going to read a stupid um, question about some... Should I read this one? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to end up... Yeah, fuck. I'm torn. This chick wrote in on Reddit that... Um, where did it go? The guy wrote it. Okay, I'll just read it. How How does one get over... Oh, oh, this is a good one. There was one about a girl pooping during an orgasm, but um, we don't need that skid mark uh, on the resume. Luckily, I've never had to deal with that. Let's change gears, end on this one. How does one get over resentments and have good sex again? 
I'm mad at my husband, but I'm also horny. I'm mad at him because for years I've begged him to be affectionate with me. I have asked him to hug me, cuddle on the couch, come to bed early so we can hold each other, have sex with me three times a week. I've given him idea on top of idea about how to be more affectionate with me and he'll say, okay, but then it never happens. If we do have sex, it's because I initiate. About two months ago, I just gave up. I stopped asking for any sort of affection. I was just too tired of being rejected all the time. So of course, what happens? He starts being affectionate. He said to me the other day, I miss you holding my hand when we sleep. Want to sit on the couch and cuddle? I sat on the couch and cuddled, but I was just fuming inside the whole time. He tried to initiate sex the other day, but I'm just so upset at being rejected all these years that I just said I didn't feel well and went to bed, even though I wanted sex. I hate being in this spot. I wish I could get just get over it, but I'm so angry at him, and it's hard to be attracted to him right now enough to have sex. Anyone ever been in the spot and go out and got out of it? Yeah, it sounds... I mean, this is one of those ones that sounds simple and and it is it is simple yeah there's it's you know resentment is such a strong feeling and i was just talking about jealousy and all these negative feelings and resentment it's another dirty feeling that we have it happens all the time i get it if tasha cleans the house and i come home i go oh shit she's gonna be pissed because she's cleaning it going oh he doesn't do anything this and that blah 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 and it's a weird it's a kind of a weird thing but like you know yesterday i did a little extra cleaning in the kitchen i didn't tell the old lady she came home i was out and she goes babe you clean the kitchen i love you so much it was a sweet um exchange of goods i'll clean the kitchen i'm not gonna tell her because when she finds out the subtleties of what I did, she'll be like, oh, man, he did this for me. And that sounds so stupid to be like, oh, you don't clean the kitchen for somebody else. But it's a gift. We give each other gifts. And by asking him to cuddle you and hold your hand and do all these things and initiate sex, you know, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying he's finally realizing that he actually enjoys that. And maybe you were the overly affectionate one. So he was getting all the affection he needed and he didn't, and he thought that, you know, that was, you know, reciprocating it to you. Like, all right, well now you're having the affection. As long as he was getting his fill, you were fine and you weren't, and you were building resentment. And, uh, now it's up to you. It's up to you to get over it. And I'm not saying overnight, but, uh, either, either, uh, write it all down and, and, and let him read it or, or be, I mean, just be honest with them, babe. I wanted to have sex with you too, but I'm still angry. And I still feel like you let me down for so long. And he's going to go. And, and most likely he's not going to be like, fuck you. I'm here now, bitch. He's going to be like, I understand. Why wouldn't he understand? He's going to be like, yeah, I get it. Because if you phrase it in the right way, saying, I feel resentment. It's an ucky, icky feeling. I don't want to have resentment. How, how can he argue with that? You don't want to have resentment, but you do. And that's, and that's healthy to have. But like we mentioned before, the guy who was, uh, you know, whose mother died and he, you know, he's been the victim for 10 years, your resentment's not going to go away till you kick it out, till you do something with it. And sometimes it's, it's as easy as shining some light on it and it's just dissipating. So tell him you have resentment. Tell, tell him, hug him. Ah, I really want to do this. I'm just still feeling like you haven't filled up my tank enough. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming you because you're coming to the table now, but you really need to know that X, Y, and Z is what I need. And you didn't give it to me for so long. You know, when there's a drought and it rains, the, uh, the rain actually doesn't get absorbed into the soil. Like in LA, whenever there's a drought and then we have a lot of rain, 
it, it creates a mudslide because the soil isn't prepared to soak in the rain. It's too much. There was too much of a drought for too long for it to be a good thing. That's why it has to rain gradually. And then you won't have floods. You won't have mudslides. You won't have all these natural disasters. So it sounds like you guys are on the right path, but just because he held your hand for a week doesn't mean that your well is full. So you got to read the five love languages. Yeah. You got to get on that. And you got to know that he, that I'm sure you know, maybe, maybe he's the breadwinner. Maybe he's bringing home the bacon and he thinks that, that, you know, I'm bringing, Hey babe, I'm, I'm paying the bills in the house and this and that you want to get fucking hugs while I'm drenched out there, you know, sweating in an attic working all day. And then he's getting mad because you don't appreciate him. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you both don't appreciate each other. And you both build resentment. Trust me. If you feel resentment, chances are, unless he's a psycho, he's feeling resentment too. And that's the, the, the hardest part about any relationship with our parents, siblings, dating, whatever. The hardest part is to realize whatever you're feeling might be on the other end too. So don't play the victim. Even if you are, don't play the victim and try your best to help them out. And by helping them, you might help yourself. The fuck? What, what am I saying? Does this make sense? I don't know. I'm going to Boston. I'm going to Rhode Island. I'm going to New York. If anyone wants to see me, I got a show in Newport, Rhode Island, July 29th. Is that the, is it the 29th or the 28th? Hold on a second. I'm checking my calendar. It's on a Friday night. Um, it's going to be a blast. It's at this awesome place in downtown Newport, Rhode Island. Hilarious comedians. It's going to be July 28th. And then the next day, I'm back in LA. So I'm going from Rhode Island all the way back to LA. July 29th, I have a show at Lucky Luke's. It's in like Palmdale or Lancaster, which is like two hours north of LA. If by any chance you live up in that hellhole desert, there's a, there's a prison up there and there's like no way to escape because you're just going to die in the desert. If you live up there and you want to come to a free show, I'm going to be doing one. Um, my New York shows, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I have nothing on the books yet, but I'll be in New York July 25th, 26th, 27th. So I'll be doing a couple of shows there. Uh, this has been a solo episode. So the next one will probably be me on the road doing things. Uh, but anyway, if you like this, if you know anyone who needs to hear this one, or if you need to hear it, uh, share it on your social media. Uh, leave us a question or uh, give us advice uh, right in sex actually podcast at gmail.com or you can write in on the Facebook page Just search sex actually or Dave Neal. You can write into my personal Facebook. That's cool with me too. And uh, you guys have been a blast. The emails and the comments you guys have been leaving have been truly, truly sincere. And that goes so much farther than just seeing, you know, I love going on the website and seeing how many people are downloading and it's, it's always nice to see a big spike, but then when people write in, and I don't know what it is about these one-on-ones. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm talking directly to you, but, um, because of that, I just really appreciate all the love and generosity you've given back to me. It's a, it's a two way street as it were. So anyway, for those that have written in, uh, I wish you the best. Just, um, like I said, work on yourself, just be undeniable, you know, work on, work on being social and not, 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 not to be a cookie cutter. Like, hi, my name is Paul. How are you? It's a muscle. Being friendly is a muscle. It's much easier to put your head down and scroll through Reddit or Facebook while you're in line at a Starbucks than it is to just say hi. Just say hi. Half these people have to say hi back. They work there. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm Dave. Go to, go to the same place over and over if you can. The more places you go to, you'll, you'll build friends. Go to the same bars, clubs, restaurants. Just feel familiar with the situation because that's all we want is to just be part of the tribe. So you got it. You guys got it. So write me back. Let me know if that advice helped. Um, Again, not a professional here. 
just a dude trying to call an ash of shit. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Got a flight to catch. Love all of you. Be safe. Have fun. Uh, send in your dick and titty photos at sex actually podcast, sex actually podcast at gmail.com. By the way, we haven't gotten one dick or one tit photo, so let's keep it that way. Uh, anyway, you guys have been a blast. I love talking to you. These one-on-ones are great to me and we'll catch you next time. Bye.